We are back. We're Ladies back. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals and non-binary pals. Ah! We are back. We are back. It's been so long. I miss you. So long. I miss you too. Oh my I god. I miss our audience. I miss our audience too. And I'm sure do we, this do we is have... gonna help. Huh? We had an we audience. We have an audience, right? We do have an audience. And I'm going to put this. I'm going to shove this down science actually's throat. So we're going to have a a quasi-reluctant audience, but an audience nonetheless. (laughs) A captive audience, yes. And it's a good time to point out that the name of this new endeavor is going to be... Stockholm Syndrome. You're going to be trapped with us, but in time you'll come to love us. And then when the authorities break in, you'll become human shields. (laughs) Yes, Fair point, but that is not the name of this new endeavor. The new, <laughs> the name of this new endeavor is not Stockholm Syndrome, but instead it is uh, Science Actually Presents the Nerd and the Scientist. That is what us. We are them. Discover who is who. Ah, dun dun dun. Spoiler: I'm not the scientist. Ah, <laughs> well, what is a scientist really? What what is I feel like the difference between what science used to be as like natural philosophy and actual philosophy mm-hmm. is just like having the, the next part of the sentence. Like, what is, what's a thing? What does it do? Right. I could never be a philosopher. I couldn't. Well, technically we all are philosophers. Just some of us more profound than others. I mean, if we think that we are philosophers, therefore, are we philosophers? Is, is that how it works? Yes. 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 But luckily I mean, for our I, audience... I'm a, I'm a race car driver, too. Not an, not an experienced one. Not a good one. But I'm a race car driver. <laughs> <laughs> Going places fast. Oh, man. But yeah, luckily for our audience, uh, don't worry, we're not going to be making a show about philosophy and race car driving. This is going to be a show about science and things and space and bad puns. Bad puns. Uh, ah, There's got to be a pun for when you're trying to think of a pun and you don't have one handy. Uh, All right, that's the air. That's dead air. <laughs> if, if people listening at home uh, or in the car or in the shower, if you somehow have a waterproof speaker, uh, lucky you, I'm jealous. Where can I find one? Um, this is our first episode back after a, a long while, after a brief hiatus. Um, yep. And we're figuring it out as we go along. We're you glad to have you along with us as we mm. figure out things. Yes. For those who don't know the backstory, you're dialing in for the very first time. There was, and still is available, a fine show called The Space Case Sarah Show, in which Kavi and I were uh, co-hosts, and if I may be so bold, I think we brought 125% of the comedy. It was great. And for you math people. Anyway, but Kavi and I are back, and we hope you like Whatever it is we're about to talk about, we don't yet know ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely trying to figure it out as we go along. We had some great fun, uh, good times, and many shenanigans on 
uh, our previous show, the Space Case Sarah show with the space nerds, Kobe and Benjamin. Um, that being us, we the space nerds, we do that thing. And so we're going solo. We're going to make our own show with Blackjack. And no, <laughs> no, none of that. <laughs> with Blackjack and hookers. <laughs> uh, yeah, Apparently we both like Bender. Yeah, we, ah. we do both like Bender. Oh, gosh. It's funny when they make a show about humans living in the future and the most relatable character is a robot. Bender is a hero. He is. He's absolutely the hero. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, we're going to have some fun on the show. We're going to be talking about uh, science and, and space news. And I think just kind of trying to continue our work previously, which was making science accessible, um, whether that be, you know, science in academia and, you know, new scientific papers and stuff that's coming out or mm -hmm. space news. I mean, there's a lot of space news. It's always happening. There's too always much. Happening. Too much. I can't. Too much. It. Yes. There's too much. Like, too much. Big space news. Launching. Oh, uh, space news. Big space news. Uh, as Avi and I are recording this just yesterday, uh, India. Uh, landed their, if I get the name wrong, sorry, the Chandrayaan 3 on the south pole of the moon. It's uh, yes. the fourth country to ever land on the moon, the first person, group to ever land on the poles. And they did it for a fraction of the cost of anything. It cost the Barbie movie uh, about $158 million to make the Barbie movie. $158 million to make the Barbie movie, which cost more than twice what it cost India to land on the moon. 75 mil. Wild. One Barbie movie or two lunar landers. <laughs> or basically one Barbie movie and just Margot Robbie's costume changes for the <laughs> Barbie yeah. movie. Yeah. That surely was at least like 80 mil. Right there. Yeah, you could have a lunar lander and half of the uh, Barbenheimer thing that's going around. <laughs> oh, we should talk about Oppenheimer afterwards, definitely. But yeah, with the um, with the Chandrayaan three landing, a huge congratulations to uh, to ISRO, to the Indian uh, Space uh, Research Organization, on their achievement. It is not easy to to land something uh, in the Southern Pole, or, or I guess I should say, the Southern Pole region uh of the moon um the uh, russian space agency roscosmos had actually tried a few days before and um let's just say they had a hard landing not a soft landing yeah. did not work out well <laughs> no but no. but to be fair like that was their first time the the russians um attempting to to land something uh on the moon i think it was a continuation from the the Luna program, so the one that crashed was the Luna 25. Uh, mm -hmm. Luna 24 was 47 years ago, whereas... I didn't know it was that long ago. I knew it was a yeah. while. Oh. I think that was like when their space program had ended. Uh, listeners, feel free to fact check me and call me out if I'm wrong, but that's what I recall. Um, and, the, and ISRO, on the other hand, like this was their third attempt, they're all... They had all been recently. They're kind of going for this like slow and steady wins the race kind of approach, um, mm -hmm. where it was it's one of the reasons why it was cheaper. You know, they were burning less fuel. They um, did a series of slower 
orbital transfers to get into a lunar orbit, whereas the Russian mission just went, we're going for it. Yep. And they kept going for it, and they just kind of blew straight into it, um, which is unfortunate. Hey, kudos. Uh, yeah. It's their first attempt in 40 years, and they made it to the moon. So Yeah. We didn't, we didn't miss. Oh, gosh, with... <laughs> Do you ever play a, the Kerbal uh, Kerbal Space Program? What? Kerbal Space Program, K E R B A L Space Program. It's like a little uh, uh, space flight simulation game that it like launching something is hard enough, and, and it's you know one of the first big hurdles of the game is actually getting something to the moon, let alone landing it. Uh, the moon's far. The moon's like a whole light second away from Earth. It's like 300,000 kilometers, which is... 250,000 uh, miles by computers. Oh, gosh. Oh, um, Americans. Anyway, yeah, yeah 250,000 miles. Big deal. Um, they the, the southern region of the moon um, um, has... So the South Pole itself is in constant darkness. Um mm -hmm which sounds kind of heavy, but it just means that it doesn't get touched by sunlight ever. And so that is the place where we believe there is going to be a lot of um, frozen water and other uh, frozen uh, volatile chemicals, which could be very important for future moon missions to be able to mine, to sustain a base there. Um, so yeah, kudos, Isro, uh, on your achievement. And uh, yeah, it, it's big news. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they find. Yeah. That's yes. a little rover. Uh, right, that, that's the thing. Yeah, the rover should be released soon. We'll right. rove around. Chandran 3 is going to it landed, and it's going to extend a little ramp. And inside the cargo hold of the top of the map is a little rover. And it's going to pop up, scoot around, and hopefully get some good pictures and some good interesting things. We're at a, we're in a part of the moon that we haven't explored on the ground before so yeah, it's, it's going to be land. gray and cratery but uh <laughs> new 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 craters <laughs> love it love it um speaking of gray and dark um the new oppenheimer movie mm. can we, can we discuss it. it is it too soon oh uh well it's a historical event so we're not really giving away anything <laughs> Spoilers. Breaking news that. to those of you who are not in the know, but the United States has been in a coma. Bomb. <laughs> if you've been in a coma for the last 80 years, um, congratulations on waking up. Uh, I hope you don't freak out about all the iPhones. A few things happened while you're out. iPhones yeah. and Star Trek, those happened. Uh. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. That would be a trip. But yeah, I, I thought it was an incredible movie. It kept my attention for all three hours. I really built up the tension. Um, and it was just really fascinating to, to kind of get a picture inside the process uh, of, you know, what went on at Los Alamos where they were developing the, uh, the bomb. Um, and it was funny. People kept saying that it was like, oh, watching it was like seeing the Avengers for nerds like all of these scientists assembling. But that really was the Manhattan That Bridge. really is a really good way to explain it. Absolutely. Physicists assemble! Yeah. Oppenheimer <laughs> talked to Einstein, and 
they were at a disagreement. So that's kind of like the Captain America, Iron Man, Civil War episode. And so that makes sense. <laughs> and then there was... Uh, he met Heisenberg, right? Did he or didn't he? I'm a bit uncertain about that. I think he did. He went to... Who was it that came and visited Los Alamos? Was it Heisenberg that came and visited? Either way, they grouped up. And it was a... There was a lot of meeting of the minds. And there was a lot of good explanation, I thought, that you're in the room with the physicists and engineers while they're cooking up uh, the weapon. And you can see them all agreeing. And at the exact same time, diverging and thought, I can make a bomb this way. I can change it and make it that way. I can hydrogen I can go this way. And it was, I thought it was, I thought it was great. It was kind of funny and comical in a way. It was also very intense in a way because science is such a, I mean, you're studying something so intensely and then you're putting it to work. And it's, it's like uh, anytime someone disagrees with you, they're almost like disagreeing with what you've committed your life to this far. So it's really, I thought it was very precious how everyone held on to their little niche of what they were doing at Los Alamos. I think that's I actually... didn't care for the last half hour, though. Lots of yeah. legal scenes for those of you who don't know. Yeah, hopefully we, we can try to avoid giving too many spoilers, but no, I definitely know what you mean. And it was it was kind of frustrating, I guess, to see the way that the, the, the last part of the movie and also the last part of, of Robert Oppenheimer's life was effectively just um, derailed by uh, legal processes and bureaucracy and, um, you know, the government. Um, so, yeah, it, it's definitely a complicated aspect of, of um, you know, that link between science and um, the government and, and, you know, a lot of science is often wrapped up in defense projects. But um, I will say that like that whole aspect you were talking about of um, having a bunch of scientists in a room working on something together, but also at the same time being at odds because of their core principles and where they're coming from, very real. Um, And I think that's one of the wonderful things about science um, from my experience that like you can be in a room with a bunch of people and you might have some overlapping knowledge slash expertise or, you know, similar fundamentals, but there's definitely a solid um, kind of almost stubborn commitment to what, where you're coming from, but also at the same time an open-mindedness. And I think that good scientists um, early on in their careers have to learn how to kind of, um, present their ideas and prop them up and be proud of them and say, no, this is what it is, but also understand how to accept when they're wrong. Um, which, which I think, yeah, maybe, maybe that didn't come across as well in the movie. Um, but that's definitely a thing. In I'm not a scientist. I'm the nerd of the duo here. Wait, what? And I picked, and so I picked I was up. Nerd. All right, fine. We're both nerds. <laughs> and we're technically both scientists, but he has a piece of paper that says it. So. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, definitely. We're, we're both scientists in our own ways. Um, should we do a, a an ad break now or a dance break? <laughs> and now that we're ah. at the 15-minute mark. 
This is the 15 minute mark. All right, let's do an ad break. And let's do an ad break. He turned from said ad break. We will be right back after these messages. Have you ever wondered why your bath time is so boring? That's why you need rubber ducks. Rubber ducks, bringing bath time to no. Blah, 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 blah. I can't do it. I had a whole bunch of things I wanted to say real fast in my mouth. Happy ducks, green ducks, yellow ducks, blue ducks, all the ducks. You want one? We have two. <laughs> It'll be a work in progress. Um, oh, I am not hearing that. I hope we can cut that. And if we can't cut that, <laughs> enjoy, fans. We can, we can definitely <laughs> save it for another time. Um, we do not have to use it. That's all right. That's fine. Ducks, ducks, ducks. Ducks, ducks, ducks. Blue ducks, yellow ducks, pink ducks, white ducks, brown ducks. We got them all. We have them all. Any kind of duck that you would need or you would want, we've got them. Except for striped ducks. Screw those guys. No, you no striped ducks, you can get those from some knockoff website from China. Absurd. Absurd. Oh, man. Um, well, now that the ad break is over. Welcome <laughs> back, ladies and gentlemen, to Welcome the uh, Science Actually Presents uh, scientist and the nerd uh the nerd and the scientist the nerd and the scientist how are we gonna do that are we gonna do the scientist and the nerd or the nerd and the scientist we can do both <laughs> yeah, if um, anybody's listening this is completely derailed but that's fine it's okay um, so the, the title of the show can exist in a quantum state a both quantum state. nerd and the scientist yeah. and the scientist and the nerd did I get that right? Boom. Yes. I did get that right. Yes. But when somebody checks it, went to school for nothing. Huh? What? <laughs> the idea of a quantum stage is, though, that um, when you actually uh, apply a, a, you know, an observation to the state, right. it has to collapse into one or the other. So we should, uh, you should keep it vague. And then every time somebody checks the website, the website will load either as the nerd and the scientist or the scientist and the nerd. That's hysterical. <laughs> Just throw in a random number generator. And if it's an even, load one. And if it's an odd, load the other. I should, I should animate two GIFs. One that starts off the nerd and the scientist, and then it gets scrambled really quick and changes itself to the scientist yeah. and the nerd. And then vice versa. <laughs> so you can actually I love it. log in and then you happen to log in as it's happening <laughs> as it's being observed <laughs> what oh like what's wrong with my computer oh god it reminds me of this um thing that monty python wanted to do um back when they were like a regular show on the bbc um mm -hmm. and they had this plan where they basically wanted to make the master volume for the episode quieter and quieter as the episode went on so the people would be just turning up their volume incrementally throughout the half hour show. And then in the last minute, just to raise the master volume and suddenly, you know, overwhelm people watching at home that their volume would, you know, blow up. The BBC did not allow them to do this because they were actually afraid that people would sue because their televisions would get damaged. Oh God, who's fact checking me? No. No, I'm not fact checking you. Uh, Andy Kaufman did, actually did this. What? Yes. After the BBC. Wow. But yes. Uh, and after the uh, Shortly I'm after. Right, right actually close to right at the same time. But yes, Andy Kaufman did do that. No way. 
But what was the uh, outcome? People were confused. <laughs> he uh, he messed go. with the volume, and he also messed with the uh, like the vertical horizontal holds or whatever. So the picture started getting out of whack. You could fix it at home by adjusting something on your set, but in doing so, you're only fine tuning to his program as it was running, and then soon it was over. Everything is off. So you have to refix. Wonderful. Gaslighting your audience is the best way to ensure your audience likes your program. Just think, make them think that they're crazy and that there's something wrong with them. (laughs) Just like when we had an episode where we were uh, meant to put in a space sound and there was none. We had forgotten on on our previous show. And I had Mm -hmm. friends messaging me saying, hey, I, 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 uh, the space sound this week, was it the sound of space? I couldn't hear anything. Was that the point? And I was like, ah. I got someone reaching out for that one also. Like, is that like the sound recorded in that quietest room ever created? That thing? <laughs> I'm like, that would have been a good answer. No. <laughs> that would have been a phenomenal answer. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> speaking of, of messing with the public, um, if it's okay, I'll do a little mini plug for, for myself. At Please. the moment, I'm doing a science comedy show. That's right. For all you folks in Australia. 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 Head on down. Australians are the ones who turn every letter into R, but somehow Australia. Yeah. If you don't know Australia, you might miss some of the jokes. Yeah. If you don't know space, you miss a lot of the jokes as well. Mm. They'll float right past. So where, where is your comedy show? And where, where is it happening? Um, so there are only two performances left, uh, out of three. Uh, it was a big run. I know, right. They just didn't think uh, that many people would buy tickets. Um, basically there are two official performances. One that I did as part of science week, uh, national science week in Australia last week, and another performance that I'm doing next week as part of, uh, the, uh, Sydney fringe festival that will be on September 5th. Uh, for folks who managed to hear this episode before then, which is unlikely. Um, And I'm also doing another performance, not officially part of the science comedy program, but um, I'm just, you know, using the same material, doing the same set tonight, actually, at the uh, AIP, Australian Institute of Physics, uh, Physics in the Pub event, which will be kind of like a little variety show of, of physicists running around doing, you know, Make them laugh, make them laugh, make them sing, make them dance. That's pretty much it, everybody. That's that's the entirety of the the program. Our program is basically just make them laugh and include some science along the way, if we can. Excuse me. But yeah, this... um, it's going to be a science comedy thing where I'll be talking about recent science I've done, uh, looking at brown dwarf stars, um, and then the rest of the time is just basically railing against astrology. I think that's a worthwhile thing to rail against. <laughs> it's good. Oh, I, I could be having the best time in the world. If you want to watch me instantly clam up in a social setting, ask me what my sign is, and 
tell me what you know about me because I told you my sign. I'm <laughs> What's birthday? I'm a Pisces. Oh, that means you like this and that and Okay. Bye. <laughs> I think I think the best ways to mess with people when they're interested in talking about that. And I get that a lot, right? You know, people ask me what I do and I say I'm an astronomer and they're like, Oh, cool. So like do you love study horoscopes and stuff? And I'll say, No, that's astrologer. Um which is annoying. But yeah, one of the best ways to deal with it is either to say that your sign is something that they've never heard of. So you could just say like a dinosaur or one of the other constellations that isn't part of the main 12 zodiacal uh, constellations. Um, or instead you could say, well, you know, I used to be a Gemini, but because of the shifting positions of the stars over the past few thousand years, I'm not anymore. And that will just blow their minds. And you've just like subtly told them that their entire belief system is invalid. I need to find a way to have that answer ready to go at all times. Well, there you go. It's there for you. Feel free to use it. I was a Pisces, but I'm more of a quasi-Taurus now. What'll be interesting, <laughs> quasi-Taurus. I know you said Taurus, but in my mind I heard quasi-Tortoise, which is just like something. That works just as well. <laughs> Speaking of animal. fish. Half tortoise, half man, half, man. Uh, half man, half bear, half tortoise. Um, there, it will be interesting actually what happens in the future with astrology because, um, basically, you know, the, the reason why <clears throat> the reason why we see the stars, uh, in the same place as you know, relative to us is that they move very little because they're so far away. Um, but eventually all of the much more distant stars will fade and we'll only be able to see stars that are, you know, within our galaxy that are gravitationally bound as the universe mm -hmm. kind of spreads out. So I wonder if that will embolden the astrologers or if that will make them change their minds. Hmm. They can just get a quick run around and say, uh, my sign is an ever elongated fish or my sign is an ever elongating lion because that's kind of true because <laughs> they are stretching out <laughs> yeah you'll go from the fish to the eel <laughs> from the to lion to the, to like to the, the tapeworm uh, yeah <laughs> hey that's me i'm a tapeworm oh god oh man yes yeah, so we will be um uh, uploading this episode and all our future episodes on the the platforms and all the places um, we're thinking about just doing the audio for now um, mm -hmm. and then eventually we'll upload visuals as well once we get our stuff together um, mm -hmm. and maybe do a couple of live episodes could be fun i think that'll be good for any of you hearing this please reach out to either kavi or myself and let us know your interest in a live episode yeah. what do you want to see what do you want us to do? We'll do it. Make them laugh. Make them laugh. We should do juggling. Um, but yeah, if you do have any requests for the topics that you'd like to uh, hear us discuss on the show, um, <laughs> juggling two balls without making it look like they're leaving his ass. I, I can't juggle. I can't juggle. Not with that attitude.
Um, otherwise, <laughs> here, I'll just kind of do 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 do. Um, if there are any topics you'd like to hear us discuss or any guests, uh, space guests, science guests, nerd guests, or... Do you want to be a guest? Let us know. Do you want to be a guest? Will you be our friend? We need friends. We need um, friends. Especially need after friends. the incident. What? <laughs> we don't talk about that. Um, but yes, let us know. Let us know in the comments on wherever you're seeing this, wherever you're viewing this. Um, you'd most likely be viewing this, uh, if not on uh, one of the platforms like Spotify or YouTube, you'd be doing it or link to it through our socials. Uh, Benjamin, do you want to give your socials a big old shout? Yeah, sure. I'll go first, as since we're going to call this Science Actually Presents the Nerd and the Scientist, or Science Actually Presents the Scientist and the Nerd. <laughs> it depends who observes what first. Uh, uh, I am Benjamin, and I run Science Actually. Uh, our, our biggest home is facebook.com slash actuallyscience. And uh share what, six or more science articles a day, plus a daily science fact, plus my latest the little series, Collective Nouns of Animals, which are hilarious. A smack. Love it. You gotta love that. And... Um, Check us out. Check me out on all the other time wasters, as Sabi probably called them. And I am on Threads, Blue Sky, TikTok, Mastodon, Hive, Twitter, aka X. Uh, I post all the science facts on LinkedIn. And of course, the big one uh, Instagram and Facebook. Everywhere. <laughs> and you can find me. Um at Fun Fact Science on uh, the app formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Blue Sky. I'm probably on Mastodon, but I don't ever check it, so don't bother. Um, all the good procrastination apps, you can find me there and find us there and find our uh, podcast, uh, our new radio show, which you have been listening to in case you didn't realize, um, on all the good uh, podcasty apps and platforms. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming along with us on this journey uh, of Science Actually Presents the Nerd and the Scientist. Love it. Wow. There it is. There, there, 